Today on Stick to Football, we are all back from a long holiday weekend vacation. We had a lot of fun, and we are going to start our previews of the NFL season, 2019 season. We're starting today with the AFC East. Melo and Connor are going to break it down with me, and we're going to answer your draft on draft questions. Guys, welcome back. As you can tell, that was a I stumbled through that opener because I am not at 100% today. I just want to you be are not at 100%. I am back after a week off. Spent oh, most yeah, of back. in the hospital, but no, let's talk about how you're feeling rough today, Matt. I forgot you were gone all last week. Welcome back. It's it's nice to yeah, be here. Yeah, welcome. A well, big I'm, welcome back. And I'm glad that you guys had already established. I actually like listening to the show when I'm not on it. I can't do it when I'm on it, but you guys... You did a good job without me. Thanks, man. We appreciate that. So today we are going to preview the AFC East. We're going to go really in-depth with this. Uh, we are going to answer some draft-on-draft questions. There's not a lot of news. Like This is normally in the show where I would tell you what's happening around the league and we would kind of give you our take on it, but there really isn't anything, which is nice. It is nice to come off a holiday weekend when the NFL would normally sneak some news out. There was nothing. I think the biggest thing happening in the league right now is the fact that Josh Jacobs, the Raiders' first-round running back out of Alabama, is still not signed. And this is really kind of unprecedented because part of the new CBA, the rookie wage scale, these these contracts are slotted now. There's really not a lot of negotiating that needs done. The Raiders got Jonathan Abram and Cleveland Furl under contract. Josh Jacobs still sitting out there, guys, unsigned. It is weird, and we were kind of talking about this today on our drive, Matt, he did come into the league. He was drafted with some injury concerns. And so for a contract to get hung up like this, I think it has to be something about that uh, the injury that he suffered. And maybe they're going to have some outs in his contract that uh, the Raiders want to have in there, but he doesn't. So I think that's where the confrontation is coming with the Raiders and Josh Jacobs. And to be fair, he's he's not the only one out of the round one players that aren't signed. I think he is an interesting one because of how late in round one he was taken. And as you guys kind of alluded to, a lot of this stuff just has to do with offsets, whether they're included in the contracts or not. So we all expect this to get done. I, I think Josh Jacobs will be a really interesting focal point of Hard Knocks, along with many storylines on Hard Knocks that we're looking forward to. And I, I don't expect this to be a dramatic uh, situation. You don't think it'll be a uh, Joey Bosa where we actually see a rookie hold out after, you know, the the rookie wage scale went into effect? I, I personally agree. I don't think it will. I don't think it's the best look for Mayock and Gruden, which is probably why this story came out from The Athletic, where they basically said, like, hey, uh, why isn't he done when you got your, your two other rookies uh, locked up? And like Melo, you even asked me today, like, is this Mayock? Like, who's doing this? I don't think it's a great look for this young front office, though. I don't either, especially when you have the other guys. And you want to get these, especially a running back, you want to get him into camp and see what he's all about. I don't know. I think eventually Mayock's going to break and just be like, give him what he wants. We need to get in here. I think he really has the drive to want to win, and he wants to start doing it now. He's got to get these guys on the field. So I don't expect this to last long. But it is kind of weird that somebody put it out there that the negotiations are not going well. That's what I find interesting. Because like I said, it's he's not the only one, but this is the one that's in the news right now as being a problem. Sometimes they just drag out for whether really no reason at all, but it's interesting that a certain side of this is clearly unhappy, especially somebody that is expected to be, you know, let's be real, the guy in that offense for the run game right away. That's why he was a first-round running back. You don't take running backs in the first round to sit on the sidelines or be the insurance case kind of guy. So I think the most interesting part of it is that this kind of hit the news waves quietly or not so quietly now. 
Yeah, I, I think the timing is a little interesting, right? That that it does come out now. Um, that it's going to put some pressure on them. I, I really do think it will put pressure on the Raiders. It'll put pressure on Josh Jacobs and his agents to get this deal done. One thing that I always like to beg people to just don't tweet at a player complaining about this. They just <laughs> don't worst. do it. Yeah, I it really agree with you. But, and also the Raiders, they do not have a lot of depth at running back. They really needed a running back. So I, I definitely think they're going to get it done. I mean, they have Doug Martin, but... What's he done for you lately? Nothing. Not much at all. Anything else uh, that you guys have seen out there? I mean, like the NBA and the U.S. women's national team have just dominated everything. Like waking up to the news that Kawhi Leonard's a Clipper and that Paul George is too. Or the Sunday, the, the U.S. women's national team went in the World Cup. Like so much is going on in the world of sports, but none of it's football. No, we'll get back to football very soon, which is why we're going to start our previews for each conference. Sorry, I keep saying that. Each division. My mind is stuck in college football. We're going to preview those. Really, no news breaking, though. Maybe if you want to hear us talk about something, you guys let us know. Everyone's on vacation. I mean, it's the first or getting into the second week of July here. There's nobody around. If It's a good thing that there's not a lot of storylines right now because most of the time when there's storylines in early July... It's about players that are going to be suspended or in the news for the wrong reasons, and we just haven't had a ton of that this year. So I think it's actually a really, really good sign heading into training camps, which are are really creeping up on us right now. Yeah, no one lost any fingers over the 4th of July. I, I say it's a win for everyone. Let's take our first break. When we come back. Let's jump in deep on the AFC East, starting our divisional previews of the 2019 NFL season. Guys, it is time to start our previews for the 2019 NFL season. When we're done with the NFL, we're going to go right into college football. So a lot of previews from us this year. Now that we are your exclusive Bleach Report hub for football, uh, we, we might even have to, I don't know, preview XFL when that comes around. But it is fun. We're going to start with the AFC East. Connors team, the New York Jets, looking to make up some ground here. We have the, the Dolphins, the Bills, obviously the Patriots, who are amazing. So for each team, you're going to get a breakout player and a record prediction from us. Then we're going to give you some division superlatives, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and then the most improved player overall in the division. So I think this will be fun. It's a great way for you guys as listeners to get involved, too. You can tweet them at us, throw them in an iTunes review. ton of ways for you guys to, to get interactive with this. So let's start with the New England Patriots. Mello, who is your breakout player? And for me, I'm going with Isaiah Wynn. I know that's maybe not a very sexy pick because he plays left tackle, but he did miss a lot of games last year, and the Patriots were very excited about getting this guy into camp. And I know that maybe there's some competition with uh, Yadni Kajust, who looked very good uh, at times on his tape, but I think Isaiah Wynn is going to have a really good breakout season. We know what he can do in the run game. I think the Patriots liked him enough in the past game that they took him in the first round. They moved on from Trent Brown. They have a vacancy at left tackle, and I think he's going to come in, fill the role, and if Brady can stay protected, the Patriots are going to be very good. And if they trust Isaiah Wynn to do it, so do I. So I think he's going to be my breakout player for the New England Patriots. I mean, I'm with you all the way there. I think there were big expectations for Wynn after being a first-round pick. He was one of my favorite offensive linemen. Actually, I think my top offensive lineman that year. So I think him coming back healthy will have a huge impact in the trenches for them. But I, I'm going to go with your guy here, Melo, Nikhil Harry. Whoop, I think whoop. there's a lot of targets in this offense right now for a rookie wide receiver, especially a round one rookie wide receiver, to come in and get the football. It's, it's really as simple as that. Julian Edelman has been a go-to guy, but with Gronk retiring, I mean, yes, they have pass-catching backs, but 
it can't just be all Edelman and running backs the the entire time. Demarius Thomas's body has been breaking down recently. You look at the rest of the receivers, you just kind of shrug your shoulders. Nikhil Harry can come in and be a focal point, especially in the red zone. They need a big body to come in and be productive in the red zone, not just between the 20s. I think they're going to look to get him the football, though, uh, really at every level of the field. So you're looking for somebody that is a rookie. It's it's tough in New England to absorb all that info right away, but I do think Nikhil Harry can do it if he could sync up with Tom Brady early on in camp. Obviously, I really like that pick, too, because I love Nikhil Harry. I think it's also very interesting. The Patriots did not address the tight end need, and everybody thought they would. I, we even had them mocked in the first round a couple times taking a tight end, and they didn't do it. I mean, they got Ben Watson and Andrew Beck, the rookie out of Texas who went undrafted. So it, they must think that they can run this same offense through maybe a guy like Nikhil Harry putting him in the slot using that big body. He did it a lot at Arizona State. He's not as big as Gronk, but he's definitely just as athletic yeah I really want to see how they use Nikhil Harry I think that's going to be one of the things that we watch most in the preseason for the Patriots is how well he does get on the field and obviously they feel really comfortable with his football IQ and ability to adapt or they wouldn't have spent a first round pick on the guy so I think that says good things about Nikhil Harry I'm going to go with Duke Dawson second year player out of Florida a feisty corner not the biggest dude but somebody who's just incredibly tough and I think this is not Uh, It's not an obvious need for the Patriots, but I think that there's an expectation that Duke Dawson works into that nickel corner role. Stephon Gilmore is one of the best in the league, obviously. Uh, Jason McCourty getting a little bit older. So where Duke Dawson lines up, I I think it's going to be kind of fascinating to see. He's, you know, I think he was like 5'11", 197 when he came out, but he can play inside, he can play outside. I loved his toughness. So I think he will be a breakout player for them. This defense is going to look so different because, I mean, it's just so many guys are gone. Yeah, the new defensive coordinator. New defensive coordinator. So I I think the fact that they're changing things up, uh, and I see someone like Duke Dawson being the guy who's ready to step up and and take on a bigger role. Now, how about a record prediction? I mean, obviously, this is the defending Super Bowl champions, and they they did have some turnover. They did lose some key players, but they still have Bill Belichick, and they still have Tom Brady. So I believe that they will be very good again. I'm going to predict a 12-4 and record. It's not the easiest schedule for the Patriots. I mean, I think that's one of the things when you are as good as they are year in and year out, like you're going to get a tough schedule. So it is, it is a little difficult. Obviously, in the division, it's not the hardest path that anyone's going to take. But there's six wins. Right. They open with the Steelers, um, and and that is going to be a tough one. I mean, they play the Browns. That game is going to be a lot tougher than we ever could have thought that sentence would be true. The Browns are on this schedule. Uh, The Ravens, the Eagles, the Cowboys. This is a very good schedule. The Chiefs are on there late. So 12-4, and I think the Patriots will once again be a contender, but... 12-4 12-4 and four is a really damn good record when you have that schedule. It is a very good record, and I actually am going to one-up you here. I think they're going to go 13-3. and three. I do think this is a very good team. They do, like you said, they have a very tough schedule, and starting maybe Week 7, Week 8, they go Week 7 at the Jets. Maybe that's a good game. Uh, we don't really know what we're getting with the Jets, but maybe it is tough. But then they do start Week 8, Browns at the Ravens, at Philadelphia, the Cowboys, the Texans, and the Chiefs. That is a tough couple of games right there, and you have to play a couple of them on the road at Houston, at Philadelphia, at Baltimore, which maybe the Ravens aren't going to be that great, but I think when you go to Baltimore, that's going to be a tough game. They could catch some losses in there, but like I said earlier, I think they're getting six wins in their division this year. 
Yeah, I'm going with 12-4 and four as well, which might seem low for New England, but you kind of just went through it, Mello, and I know, Matt, you had them at 12-4 and four as well. They got some tough road games on this schedule. There will be some tough matchups there. They're bound to drop a couple of those. Of course, the NFL has them matched up against the Chiefs again, so that's never going to be easy. I think when you look at... And I'll say this. This is another reason. I could see them dropping a game to Buffalo or the Jets on the road because I think those two coaches have, you know, played them hard at least or will start to play them hard with the rosters that they are building over there. So I don't want to say New England's just going to run through and go 6 and 0. I think they'll win this division with a nice 12 and 4 record as they always seem to do, but I do think we'll see some much more challenging games at least in this division against New England. Yeah, and let's get into the rest of this division. Let's start with the Jets. Connor's team. My breakout player is going to be a tight end, Chris Herndon. I I know the previous regime really liked him, and I think Adam Gase will do a good job of working him into the scheme. I know like you can go back to even Denver, Chicago. Like Adam Gase hasn't really utilized the tight end. The Jets have a deep wide receiver core. I think Herndon is athletic enough that he changes things. I think we do see him get implemented into this offense, be able to make some plays with his athleticism up the seam, mismatching against safeties, against linebackers. He has enough speed. He, he definitely has the ability to be a difference maker. So I would look for Herndon to have. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's their number one target when, when it all comes down to it in the passing game. I like him a lot, too, and I do think they're going to target the tight end. Even in Gase's offense, they tried to get Gusecki in the second round, drafted him pretty high. They want a tight end, and I think Herndon could be the guy there. I'm going to go defensive side of the ball. I think Jordan Jenkins had a pretty solid year last year. Guy had seven sacks, plus you're adding Quinnen Williams to that defensive line. That's going to help free up people on the edges. I think Leonard Williams, Quinnen Williams will get people to, you have to focus on them. You're probably going to have to double-team one of them, and a guy like Jordan Jenkins can come in and continue to do what he's doing with, I mean, improving his sack numbers every year. Seven last year, I would not be surprised at all if he went double digits this year. Yeah, without a doubt. I think if you're sitting there on the edge for the Jets, you got to be pretty happy that you have the Williams boys in the middle to kind of open up those matchups, whether it is a guy you know, like Jordan Jenkins. Brandon Copeland had a sneaky couple sacks last year, and of course, Ja'Kai Polite, who they took in the top of the third round. I went on the offensive side of the ball, and Adam Gase is really excited about this guy's potential in the Jets offense. That's Robbie Anderson. I think we've seen him really tiptoe around breaking out over the years where it's almost hard to call him a breakout player but I think he can shine and have his first thousand yard season 2017 he went for 941 last year he went for 752 I think Sam Darnold is going to be allowed to throw the football down the field a lot this year and Robbie Anderson is once again going to see the matchups because of guys like Herndon Le'Veon Bell Quincy Inunua so with Robbie's speed which we all saw recently I think this is going to be his first thousand yard season for the Jets yeah, I really like Robbie, and it, he's always been that guy like he's just so small, but he is so fast, and I think Gase's offense will be great for him. The record for me, I'm going to go 6-10, and 10, and I know Jets fans are going to be screaming at their phone right now, like, how do you think that this team that got so much better is going to be 6-10? and 10? I actually think the schedule is pretty dang tough. I mean, you, you open with the Bills, that's going to be a tough one, but then you have the Browns, week two. Like, that is going to be a very difficult game. You have also, we talked about, you have the Patriots, and they play the NFC East. I don't know that they can beat any team in the NFC East. Maybe the Giants. This is a very, very tough schedule for a team that is still 
young, still improving in a lot of areas. So I'm not not a Jets hater, not trying to, to shit on the fan base or make anyone upset. But this is going to be a tough year. This is just a hard schedule with a team that's still, I, I think, trying to gel and figure it out. And I agreed with you, and I like the part that you said about we're not trying to shit on your fan base here or your team. Obviously, Connor is a huge Jets fan. I don't mind the Jets. I have nothing against them, but I'm about to predict a very bad record. So sorry to all of our Jets listeners. I'm not hoping that they have a bad season. I just think that they will. If they win the Super Bowl, I will be very happy for every single one of you. I'm not rooting against your team. But they have a very tough schedule this year. I want to see what Adam Gase can do with Darnold, and I hope they succeed because I love Sam Darnold. I'm going to predict them at 4-12, and 12, though. Matt, like you said, they have to play the NFC East. That's going to be tough. You also have to sprinkle in the Browns in there. You're going to have to face the Patriots twice. Uh, they have the Jaguars. They have a tough schedule. Uh, and then, you, I mean, the Steelers at the Ravens. This is not going to be an easy year for them schedule-wise, so I'm going 4-12. and 12. I'm not agreeing with you guys on this one. I'm going with eight wins. I think if you spend all of that money, you have Le'Veon Bell coming in, you have Adam Gase, they hired him because they liked his experience. I think Sam Darnold will take some big steps this year. Obviously, you have a a tough middle of the defense, and that's not just adding Quinn and Williams. That's Quinn and Williams, Leonard Williams, C.J. Mosley, and Jamal Adams. I mean, that's a really, really tough middle of the defense. I think this is an eight-win team. A couple bounces either way can give them seven or nine wins. I like them right in the middle here. Uh, I think the Jets, the back, the, t- the beginning of the schedule is really tough. I think it really, really starts to dwindle down on the back half of the schedule. So uh, if they don't win eight games, I-, I think Adam Gase could be in trouble very quickly. But I think he gets to that mark. And I'll say, and I, I wish I had talked about this at the top, I do think that this team could be really good if Le'Veon Bell is Le'Veon Bell. Like, if he is who we saw two years ago, yeah. the Jets could be eight wins is, yeah, very realistic because I do think the defense would be pretty fucking nasty. I just, I have no idea what to expect from Le'Veon Bell right now. Uh, and hopefully, I mean, I don't know how much of him we'll see in the preseason. So I think the Jets are one of the more intriguing teams because I feel like that per- that record prediction could swing wildly Mm-hmm. On one player. Like, just, let's see how one guy looks. But yeah, it is going to be an interesting season for them. The Dolphins, a team I think a lot of us expect to just not be very good this year. They're, you know, they've got some guys on defense. I love Laramie Tunsil. They trade for Josh Rosen. Hopefully, we see him get his chances. My breakout player for them, though, is going to come on defense. And I, I will say, I almost picked Josh Rosen because I want that to happen mm-hmm. so badly. I just didn't want to be tied to that prediction. So I'm going to take someone on defense. I think Jerome Baker, the weak side linebacker, will shine in this defense. Brian Flores is a great defensive coordinator. He knows how to get the most out of his linebackers. Baker, in year two, I'm expecting very big things from him. I read recently he's like completely changed his body composition. He's getting a little bit stronger. He is such a good athlete. So I think this is an underrated linebacker core, probably the strength of the team, honestly, because they do have Baker, Raekwon McMillan, and Kiko Alonso. And this is a pretty good unit uh, of linebackers. And like I said, Flores knows how to get, get a lot out of those dudes. And Xavier Howard at corners is a stud, too. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see the Dolphins do well. Again, not trying to shit on your team. I think the breakout player here is going to be Mike Gusecki, and a lot of that is dependent on Josh Rosen. I mean, he sucked last year. He really struggled. I'm rooting for the guy, and I think that if he can come in and he can play well, 
Mike Gusecki's also going to take some strides. This is one of the most athletic tight ends I have ever scouted, including the boys from Iowa last year. Mike Gusecki could jump out of the gym, had great length. It looks like that maybe he's finally putting it together. He's getting some more strength, which is also going to make him a little faster. I'm expecting a big year from him. I know he only had like 22 catches last year. I think that number could maybe even double, uh, especially if Josh Rosen can play the way we all thought he was going to coming out of college. You guys won't pick Josh Rosen, so I will. I'm excited (laughs) about him getting a new opportunity. I don't think Miami is a great one this year where he's going to come in and just have a significantly improved situation than he had in Arizona. But I think he will show the things or the flashes that made teams believe he could be a franchise quarterback. And let's be real, the, the bar is low to clear for him for improvement because It was not pretty last year. I will still die on the hill that much of it was not his fault, although he did have his own struggles. I I like Josh Rosen this year to show that the Dolphins should ride this thing out with him and start building a full football team around him. I also like that it seems like Chris Greer has, now that he has full reins of this job, they've accepted that this is a full rebuild. That's the right way to do this. That's why I think they'll be a 3-13 and football team. It's just, it's the way it goes. When you tear things down, there's a difference between just a god, god awful 3-13 and when you were expecting to compete. I don't think the Dolphins front office thinks this team will be competitive this year. They'll keep stacking. They'll get a really high pick to maybe get Josh Rosen, a Jerry Judy type of player. Ooh, if baby. Rosen bottoms out, they'll go get a quarterback. So Miami, 3-13 and is tough, but I do think you're doing things the right way. Yeah, and I'm going to stay right there with you, too. I do think this division is going to be tough. Obviously, we've talked about the other schedules. I'm going to go 3-13 and as well. And this is another situation, much like the Jets, where we could see Josh Rosen come in and light the league on fire and be a great quarterback, especially in his second year. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks take that jump in year two. He could be the guy. But for right now, I just think it's going to be too tough for him. I'm going to say 13-3. and But I do think this is a franchise that's growing. I like what they've done in the draft. I like some of the guys that they're bringing in and the guys they're keeping around as well. But I'm going 13 and three, three in 2013. Three and thirteen. Three and thirteen. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't want to let that audio get out there with you saying that. Uh, I I'm one game better than you guys. I went four and twelve. Um, I, I do hope that we see enough promise from Rosen and the boys on offense that that they get. You know, uh, he gets his second year there. It's cheap. Like, why not? Yeah, I I like him. Honestly, it's early. I think I like Rosen better pre-draft than I do looking at Herbert or Fromm right now. Probably so. Right? Like, it's oh. weird to say that, but he looked very good at UCLA at times. I mean, everybody talks about the football IQ. It was always just kind of character concerns with him. Not, and not even character. He was just kind of... Yeah, it's just kind of people didn't really like. He was him. a little brash, maybe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it could work out very well for him. Yeah, so I went four and twelve. This schedule's tough. I actually can't. I looked at the schedule and I was like, they'll lose there, lose. That's lose, what lose, I did lose. too. I was like, fuck. If they don't beat the Redskins, they're going to start like zero and ten. Like this is a it's a really tough year for the Dolphins. Let's close this segment out, guys, with the Buffalo Bills, a team that I actually really like for this year. My breakout player is Tremaine Edmonds. I, I loved him. He was a top five player for me in the 2018 draft. He's just such an athlete at linebacker. I, I do think it took him a little bit to learn, you know, like, oh, I'm at one position. Now I have to learn it. The Bills are very well coached with McDermott. Leslie Frazier is the defensive coordinator. And now he has Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips in front of him with Trent Murphy and Jerry Hughes on the edge. That's a pretty good defensive line. So I think that's going to help Tremaine Edmonds be that Mike linebacker that can just flow and make plays. I actually really, really like this roster. Like, 
at every position but receiver. If I could give the Bills Jerry Judy right now, they would be like a pretty good team in my opinion. So I'll wait for my record prediction, um, and I'm going to talk about Josh Allen in our next segment, but I actually like this team a lot on paper. I liked them a lot more than I thought I was going to. I, I think you guys have both actually been kind of talking up Buffalo and what they've done in the offseason, and I'm late to the party, but I, I'm here. Hello, Buffalo. I like your roster, too. My breakout guy, I actually think it's going to be a receiver. I'm going to say Zay Jones has a very good year. Caught 56 balls last year, and I started 15 games, played all 16. I think that he can keep going and have another big year, too. I'm 27 catches his rookie year, jumps up to 56. I think another year with your starting quarterback in that full offseason is going to really benefit both of those players. And Josh Allen, I think we all expect a much better season after what he did his rookie year. Those numbers are going to go up. Zay Jones, they have... They have guys at receiver. They're just not the top-end talent that you would want from your receivers. I I mean, I love John Brown because he went to my college. Cole Beasley can be a a threat underneath. Dawson Knox at tight end could be very good. But I think Zay Jones is going to establish himself as kind of that number one receiver for him. They got your guy David Sills as well. I know. I'm telling you, I looked at this roster and I'm like, that's actually not too bad. And I went wide receiver here as well, a guy that can win down the field, and we know that's what Josh Allen loves and looks to do. I went with Robert Foster. I think after being undrafted, he showed some really promising flashes really to, to you know to catch the deep ball, and they're going to try to be a play-action offense that gets him involved vertically, and we know that's where Josh Allen can thrive. So I like Robert Foster. I, I, this was one of my favorite drafts, but I didn't want to take any of the rookies here as a breakout player because... I mean, I'm going to save, and I know, Matt, you have the same opinion. Uh, One's going to be pretty special early on, but just going to start with the offensive side here. I think Foster is, you know, in a wide receiver group that is relatively underwhelming on paper. He can be one of those risers that develops there as an undrafted guy. I still went seven and nine here, and, and that might seem low. I loved what the Bills have done in the draft recently. I'm just not the biggest Josh Allen believer yet, guys. I mean, I know he had some of the problems that you could say Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen had last year as well, where it might be being careless with the football or being banged up. That happened to him and Darnold, the fumbles. There was eight of them last year. So, But the thing for me, honestly, is going to be completion percentage. That number has to tick up. We have to see that accuracy go up for Josh Allen. It's good that they're putting pieces around him, but I don't think this team is ready to be a all the time winning football team just yet. I, I need to see it from him before putting my name on it. So I have them right at seven and nine. Yeah, I went seven and nine as well. And I'll say I, Josh Allen, everyone knows uh, I loved him as a prospect. I, I think he ended up being QB two or three for me in that class. Or I don't even remember two or three. Uh, I'm going off the top of my head, but I, I wish so badly that someone would give him like an early Cam Newton type offense and hopefully adding guys like Dawson Knox adding guys like Cole Beasley like giving him more options a receiver will help do that because you're right he has to complete more than 53% of his passes and you can't have a 10 to 12 touchdown to interception ratio but what we saw him do athletically I think was really really special uh, and and that's his game. I mean, he ran for 631 yards and eight touchdowns last year, which is fucking crazy. So let's see him be utilized, you know, more in some run pass option type things, some quick hitters to tight ends, because this offensive line all new, basically. So he's going to have hopefully better protection. I mean, Deion Dawkins is back, but you go get Quentin Spain, you get Mitch Morris, you draft Cody Ford. 
they really have invested on bulking up that offensive line. So I went seven and nine. You, you guys know it. The schedule is going to be tough, but I think this defense is going to be really special. And if we see any improvement from Josh Allen, then then this team could be a sneaky playoff contender. Yeah, I'm going seven and nine as well. And a lot of it is the defense. I do think that they've beefed up the, the defense a lot. Uh, obviously, Ed Oliver is going to come in and he's going to be exceptional. I think his rookie year, maybe even like a Pro Bowl guy. I think seven and nine. I think with Leslie Frazier at DC, uh, Sean McDermott in another year, and I do expect Josh Allen to play better. Uh, I'm not really on his hype train either, kind of like Connor. I want to see it again. Uh, I didn't really like him that much coming out of Wyoming, obviously, because I'm eventually going to have to get a tattoo over it. But I think. They will go 7-9. and nine. I think they're going to be the second-best team in this division. All right, there you have it. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to give you the MVP of this division as well as some other players who need some hardware. Guys, let's give out some hardware. This is one of my favorite things that we do at Stick to Football is we try to acknowledge as many people as we can. Pretty like, much an award show. Yeah, it's we, basically we an award show. We talk about football. Yep, and there's a little football, sometimes some soccer and stuff mixed in. Division MVP. I think this one's pretty obvious. We're talking about the AFC East. I'm going to give it to Tom Brady. I think he's the most he's the most important player in the division for sure. Um, and if he has, if they go 12 and four, as, like I predicted, or 13 and three, like you guys were saying, I, I think it's it's on the back of Brady because no Gronk this year. Uh, we'll see if Sonny Michelle's knee holds up, but I think we'll have to see a remarkable year from Tom Brady at age like 42. One now, 41 or 42. So just if they're good, Brady should be the MVP. And I agreed with you, too. I think Tom Brady's going to be the MVP. Uh, the quarterback position is just so important, and it gets all the attention. And this might not be an official award that the NFL is going to give out, but I do think when you look at this division and all the other quarterbacks are second-year guys, if Tom Brady is Tom Brady, he's the division MVP. Well, since you guys took Brady, I'm going to go in a different direction, and this guy's name is Le'Veon Bell. The last time we saw him in the NFL, and let's not forget, he's 27 years old right now. He's not washed yet. 2017-2016, he danced right around 2,000 all-purpose yards. So he can be that MVP caliber player where he does go and catch 75 passes for 600 yards, and he does run for right around 1,200 or 1,300 yards. Sam Darnold, he's going to look for the running back for help. That's just what it comes down to. Yes, it's the second year. You'd like to see him push the ball, but that's going to be his safety blanket. It's going to be Le'Veon Bell. So, sure, Tom Brady, he's always going to be the favorite. I get it. I totally understand it. But if you're looking for someone that people have almost forgotten about, in a sense, I understand the skepticism because he was off for a year. But I think Le'Veon Bell will be ready to go, and I think he's going to get workhorse kind of touches early on. Yeah, again, like I said earlier, man, if it if it works, if Le'Veon Bell looks like Le'Veon Bell, it's going to be fucking fun to watch in that offense because um, he's he is special, like you said, when he was healthy or not healthy when he was on the field, he was he was basically Saquon Barkley. He was the best running back in the league. I don't even think it's. A I, th- I agree. I absolutely think he was. So yeah, it'll be a lot of fun to see where they go. How about defensive player of the year? There's no way a defender is ever going to win MVP again. So let's just make it an award, defensive player of the year and I actually am going to take a rookie here I'm going to take Mr. Ed Oliver and I know a lot of folks are going to be like why didn't you take Quentin Williams he was your number one rated player I love Q I just don't know that he's going to be put in a position to make the big plays right I he's going to be playing nose tackle mainly I I don't yeah I mean we'll see if he plays nose or five or wherever the hell they line him up I think Ed Oliver is going to be putting a three technique and they're going to say hey Ed go hit the quarterback 
every play. And that's what he's great at. Um, never will understand how he slipped to number nine overall, but the Bills are very happy about it, and I think he will be the the defensive player of the year in this division. And I like Ed Oliver too, but I'm going to go somewhere different because I want to talk about uh, Ed later. I'm going with Mika Fitzpatrick. I absolutely loved him coming out of Alabama. I think last year in that defense, they were kind of unsure how to use him, and it sounds like maybe they're going to stick more with this is what he's going to do. He's going to line up all over the field. Uh, he's listed as a safety. He's going to play some linebacker. He's going to play some corner. I think he's going to have a lot of tackles. I think when you get Flores in there working with him, and but does Miami have a defensive coordinator? No. That's weird. But I think with Flores working with him, he's even said before, like you guys are going to see Minka lined up, and you're not going to know what the hell he's doing. But I know what he's doing. Minka knows what he's doing. I'm expecting a huge year for Minka Fitzpatrick. So Patriots fans might hate me after the Le'Veon over Brady pick. You're going to love me now. <laughs> Stephon Gilmore, Division Defensive Player of the Year. This guy is special in coverage, and he does not get the love that he deserves. I mean, he might really be the best coverage corner in football. He's better than Jalen Ramsey. Let me just put that out there right now. If he ran his mouth like Jalen Ramsey and it didn't play in New England where you're allowed to run your mouth basically anywhere else, everybody would know it, but... He is so, so good in coverage, and I mean, he blankets wide receivers. Even if he has another great year for the third year in a row or whatever, you probably won't even know it, but Stephon Gilmore, he is the cog to that defense, and I mean, just having a player like him changes everything they could do. I really do think he will be, once again, probably the best defensive player in that division quietly. I don't know why the Bills didn't see what they had in him. The Patriots it's, do that. Imagine how, yeah. imagine how good. I mean, they already are building a great defense, but imagine him with Trey White right, right now. God, yeah, it would be amazing. It's crazy. All right, how about rookie of the year in the division? And, and guess what? We all agree, which yep. doesn't happen it's as much as me. people would think. I do think this is easy. It's not Quentin Williams. It's not Christian Wilkins. It's not whoever the Bills drafted in the first round, Cody Ford. It's Ed Oliver. Oh, no, it's this guy. It's Ed Oliver. My brain. I tell you, too much alcohol. It's Ed Oliver is our pick for Rookie of the Year. I think this is super obvious. Like I said before, I think Sean McDermott is going to put him in amazing positions to just shoot gaps and make plays, and he is he is so special. He's so fast, so smart with his hands, so big, big fan of this. Yeah, obviously, we all agree here, Ed Oliver. I Everything you just said, he's going to be put in position to make more plays than a Christian Wilkins or I think Quinnen Williams. Those other two guys, I love all of them, but I do think that if we're handing out hardware, I would put my money on Ed Oliver. He's just flat out my favorite player of the bunch, and I think it was really, really even with him and Quinnen Williams. I thought they were both better than Christian Wilkins, but you look at what, I mean, you guys nailed it, what Oliver is going to be able to do in that Buffalo defense. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Quinton Williams <laughs> is the guy that comes in and is Fletcher Cox from day one, and that's that. Maybe we're completely overthinking this one, and we'll completely laugh when the baby-faced assassin gets a couple sacks early on. But you look at Ed, I think he's ready to go. I think we'll see a player that, I mean, at Houston, he was getting triple teamed, his knees constantly dived at. I don't know if we'll see that early on in Buffalo. So I'm excited to watch his rookie year. All right, guys, how about the most improved player in the division? Mello, uh, you mentioned your player earlier. Take it away. 
Yeah, I'm going with Mike Gusecki. I really do expect him to have a big year. I, I hope that Rosen does. I don't know if he will, but I think that Gusecki is going to be a, a focal point in this offense with Flores coming over from New England. I think they're going to try to utilize the tight end, even though he's a defensive guy. I think he's going to try to utilize that tight end. And Gusecki, like I said earlier, one of the most athletic tight ends I've ever scouted. No, I haven't been doing this long, so you don't have to throw a list at me on Twitter. But very good tight end. I think his production is going to match his athletic ability this year. I think for me, this guy might not actually improve that much because he's already really, really good. But people might actually finally notice because he, he just gets no love, no Pro Bowls in three years. I think you know protecting Josh Rosen maybe will give him uh, more shine. But I'm going Laramie Tunzel here. I'd look at it and I'd just... It's crazy because everyone loved him so much as a prospect, and I think he's exactly now who we thought he would be, a really, really good tackle in pass protection, all around good tackle. So Laramie Tunzel, a lot of people will say, oh, wow, he turned out to be great, but he's been really good recently. He'll just finally get the love, but I'm still going to take him for most improved. It's so sad that he fell in the draft. I don't remember what the reason was. (laughs) (laughs) He might not remember either. Um I think Laramie Tunsil, when the season ends, could be the best left tackle in football. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you guys, too. I really like Tunsil. I think he's going to be very good. I, I, like you said, though, Connor, he's already been very good, but now maybe this year people will start to recognize it. And maybe a clean pot. If Josh Rosen comes out and they're like, damn, this guy looks different this year. He has time to throw. He's carving up defenses. Then maybe people will look over at uh, Laramie Tunzel and be like, damn, that's why. He is a franchise, a true franchise top three tackle. Yeah, so my pick is Josh Allen. I think we see him take that step this year. I I really do believe that the Bills will figure it out. They've put more talent around him. They've improved the offensive line, which that was a big part of it last year. Allen was running for his life a lot of times. So I think that second year is going to be big for him. The better offensive line is going to be big for him. And just building some rapport with these targets and getting guys like Dawson Knox in there. Hell, they had a Frank Gore, and you know that's going to help because Frank Gore is just the man and is going to be the NFL's all-time leading rusher at this point. So I think that Allen takes a big step forward. If not, then honestly, if he doesn't, if we don't see improvement from him, I think the Bills are going to have a hard decision to make because you're, you're then you're kind of stuck with a guy like you drafted highly and he's like, he's okay. But if he doesn't take the next step, we could see them being a team that in two years is looking for a quarterback again. So we need to see big improvement from Josh Allen, and I actually think we get it. So here's a great time for you guys to tweet us, leave your iTunes review. Who are your MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and the most improved player in the division for the AFC East? Let's take a break. We come back. We'll close this thing out with some draft on draft questions. Draft on draft time. I am not opening a beer because I think I would at least gag if I smelled a beer right now. I took a shot last night, and Andrew Harbaugh, buddy, I was doing some tequila shots. I did one at the end of the night, and my body completely rejected it. My, I got it in my mouth, and my throat said, no. <laughs> I had to spit it back You out. spit it back in the cup? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> it was rough. I don't know what the hell Wait, happened. I swear I to God, I haven't it. talked to you about this today. Are you talking about at the last bar when we were kind of in the basement? Maybe. I did the same thing. Oh, shit. I did the same thing. I spit it back in the cup, squeezed that lime in my mouth. It's like, nope, I'm not doing another shot. We did too I, many of them. I ordered the cheapest tequila they had because it was our friend's oh, birthday. God. You did that to I did us? that, yeah. It was our, Dude. It was our friend's <laughs> birthday, and they were like, get shots, get shots. 
shots. And I was like, I'm actually a little tired of buying shots because it, it was like the fourth round of shots I'd bought that night. I was like, give me your cheapest tequila. Oh, she was like, can't do it. <laughs> right? can, she was like, can't really? cheap out on tequila. Yeah, and I did. It was like quarter. quarter Nothing shots. hits the eject <laughs> button like tequila. When it just sometimes will not go down. When I thought I was doing a tequila shot, I thought it was going to be Patron. Like, that's what I do shots of. Nope. And nope. You got me. I don't nope. even know what a cheap tequila is because I would never I don't ever buy one. I don't. I don't know either. I mean, Cuervo's not good. I'll tell you that. I think and it they can get worse. It they is, can get worse. It might have been like a house so, tequila. Good luck. I don't know what it was. Let's get into these questions. Our guy Jeremy Godden is Ben Roethlisberger's window to win MVP closing, or does he still have what it takes to win the award? I think he still has what it takes. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely closing, but it's not closed. I think he can still win it this year. I think if he actually, if he puts up big numbers this year, they're going to say, oh my gosh, he's doing it without AB, and he's doing it without Le'Veon Bell, and he will be in that MVP talk. Yeah, it's it's a tough one because you look at Ben, the numbers are still phenomenal year after year. I do think at some point you expect the play to decline a little bit and not having a special playmaker like A.B. there anymore, it hurts. But when it comes down to it, of course, Juju and James Conner are going to help out. So he could easily be in the conversation again. I, I just think statistically it's going to be hard for anyone to top Pat Mahomes right now. I mean, Carson Wentz is, is getting a lot of love. I get that. That's one. But statistically speaking, I just, it seems like a one man. Maybe I'm wrong. It seems like a one man show in my eyes. It really does, man. I will say, Wentz is getting a ton of love. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, so Aaron, He's like okay. second I, in the odds. Aaron Rodgers is going to fuck shit up, too. Yeah, I do want to say you've that. You've been saying that for like six weeks. Like, you, uh, you can own it's that. It's happen. Yeah. You can own that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I think Phil Rivers is a sneaky favorite. Yeah, because yep. he's that career longevity guy that if he has another good year, too. I mean, he almost won the damn yeah, thing right. last year. Exactly. So I love Papa Phil. All right, next question from our guy, Andrew Harbaugh. What is your dream guest slash interview that you haven't gotten? His personal one is Scott Fish, um, who runs an amazing uh, foundation charity that uh, they raise money. Uh, they they donated to my foundation last year, so super helpful. They buy like toys for kids uh, through these charity fantasy football leagues. So Scott Fish is a good one. Um, my dream guest is Obama, and that will always be like if if there was a you know a genie that said you could have any guest you want on six football, who would it be? It would be Obama, and I would want to talk to him just about like sports and what beer he's drinking and what music he's listening to and like. I don't even know if I'd want to talk politics. I just think he's incredibly interesting. I I mean, you can't disagree. Well, I, a lot you of can. people will disagree with that one. For me, I, I would stay with football. I would love to talk to Tom Brady. I think that if you could get him to loosen up, uh, he would be a very good interview. I bet that dude has a ton of stories. He's played in the NFL for like 20 years. Uh, during his time at Michigan, I would love to hear him talk about Drew Henson and playing on that team. I think he was there when Woodson was there too, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was yeah, probably he was a fresh backup, yeah. but yeah, he probably would have been there. So for me, Tom Brady, I would absolutely love to have him on the podcast. That's a really tough one. My non-selfish one, it's more of like I want to sit back and watch it with you guys, is Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be the best entertainment for the listeners of this show. I'll tell like, you. I look at this, yeah. With a producer's eye, I look at this as like, what would make the most noise? Of no, it, it would, because I would not kiss his ass and be like, oh, we're so grateful to have Baker Mayfield on the field. We love him so much. <laughs> Get that shit out of here. I'd be like, why are you such a douchebag? He just got married. It would have to be in person. 
Yeah. Oh, no, like, get, that's the one. It, players are so different in person, but him especially. Yeah. You see, with the Cleveland media is not easy. Like, those are, they like to throw some questions around, and you, mm-hmm. you see the body language, like, whoa. Yeah, and he <laughs> doesn't not, back down from any question. No, like, he, will no, he loves him. to answer. Yeah, he doesn't do the next question thing. No. He, he'll answer. That's why he'd be such a good one. Yeah. I, and I, we gotta get uh, to him on his yeah. marriage. We got to get who? We, we, for you guys, yeah, we have to get Ellinger on the pod. Oh, I think he'd be a good one. interview. Yeah. And I'd like to ask him what it's like to be shit on for an entire summer for no reason at all. Yeah, for a summer that he's done a very good job. Like, his his tape, I guess you could say, looks very good. He's kind of stayed out of the media. I mean, he hasn't brought any attention to himself. And I've responded. Been, I've been very hard on him. I said he's like a third-round quarterback, So, but he's probably going to prove me wrong. I actually love him. Uh, we could get him on. That's it. He's a junior and but we need him to stay right because we want him to go to the senior bowl yeah. wink wink yeah exactly so all right here we go next question carly Seibert, which early round pass rusher has the best potential to outperform nick bosa in their rookie season i think it's cleveland furl you guys kind of talked about him with the madden ratings that you did i really like that oakland defensive line i think their defense has stepped up they have added some players and Farrell's one of them I think that he is that high floor guy who's going to come in ready to produce at the NFL level and I think that he could contend and be the sack leader from this rookie class I yeah like definitely in the in the running there Brian Burns is an interesting one because I, I wouldn't be shocked if he came in and just had eight sacks right away with how explosive he is and they'll, they'll have a pretty good front there in Carolina no one's talking about it they have a pretty good front there. I'll yeah. say that right now for Brian Burns. They, they will. They added McCoy, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like they're stacking the deck up front. Right? Not a bad guy to play alongside if you're trying to get to the quarterback. I think Rashawn Gary could have a good year uh, playing in Green Bay. They added a ton of pass rushers, so adding him to that group that's already pretty good with Mike Daniels is going to be fun. Uh, and then don't forget about Montez Sweat. The Redskins drafted him kind of late round one, but he is going to have to replace Preston Smith. I think he's going to get a ton of chances. They have a damn good defensive line, too. Fuck that Ryan Carragher on the opposite side of him. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good pick, too. There's a lot of good defenses out there to just get excited about in the NFL right now. Uh, In that defensive line class from, you know, this year was we've never seen anything like it before. So there's a lot of depth there. Roman Tomasov, what would be your boldest prediction for the 2019 rookie class B? An example, Nikhil Harry, 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. I don't want to say anything crazy like that. I don't know, I don't know that I'd want to put a number on it for boldest prediction. Uh, Kyler Murray doesn't start all 16 games. Oh. Not due to injury. Oh. Huh. That I mean, that would There's just one. be a crazy bold prediction that is probably not going to happen yeah. because they already named him the day one starter. Right. But there's a bold prediction. Here's mine. Super Bowl. Daniel Jones ends up the best quarterback out of this oh, class. Oh, God, I hope it happens. That's that's my bold prediction. <laughs> and I'm not saying this I year think or overall? Have, overall. Yeah, because he's probably not going to play unless Eli gets hurt. No, I mean, that wow. man, the ownership group, you know they're going to let Eli finish out this year, I think. I don't know. But that you don't anything. actually think that. No, I don't actually <laughs> think that. No. Yeah, not a big fan of him from what I've seen, but he's a guy that I'm rooting for. Yeah. I, I don't Same. think he's going to be successful. I actually want to be wrong on him, though, on his evaluation. That's, that's I want Drew too. Locke to have a good year. I and, do, too. And yeah. lift the Broncos. I didn't really like Drew Locke coming out of Mizzou since we're here no. in Missouri, but... I, he's got a lot of tools, and I would like to see him be successful. He handled himself very well at the draft, and that made me like him a little bit more, too. 
All right, next. That's, yeah, it's tricky. Next, Connor, do you have any predictions? I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ja'Kai Polite has more sacks than Quinn and Williams. Oh, yeah, I, I think that's yeah. bold. Yeah, that is so, bold. I, I mean, numbers lie all the time. Quinn can have a Pro Bowl season and still have less sacks than him. Can I predict that half the first-rounders will be bust? Because <laughs> that's about how it goes. In this class? Yeah. I wouldn't be sure. Sh- yeah, yeah, I mean, Ian right McGee. On. If you could choose one team from outside a Power 5 conference school to move into a Power 5, who would you choose to be the most competitive team? It's Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, a good one. Yeah. <laughs> You're cheating. I hate that we always have to... I mean, what do you, do you want me to lie? No, yeah, no, I mean, that's a good one. Yeah, that's the one. And I know they play like five ACC games, so they're, they're not in the ACC, but they play a lot of other schools. So it has to be Notre Dame, but they're almost lumped in with the... Power Five conferences, I think yeah, they really should. automatic yeah. qualifier, basically. Yeah, I think Houston would be a fun one. Yeah, I think soon. if we don't talk about Central Florida here pretty soon, all of our Twitter mentions are going to blow up. They might have the worst like fan base on Twitter because they will come at you. If you put them in the ACC, they would get the shit kicked out of them. Oh God, we just lit it on fire. <laughs> there it is, Syracuse and <laughs> nice Clemson quiet episode. Gave everyone the AFC East props. They're not that good. Yeah, yeah. They are the hot girl at the really small school who then goes to college and realizes, I'm, I'm not average. No. I was just okay. Like, Athlete's a better good. example. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to comment because I don't want them coming after me. I, we need to talk about UCF because they've done a very good job the last couple of years. Go Knights. God, they would get stomped. I would, like, Syracuse would beat them by 20 points. <laughs> That's my bold prediction. Bold prediction. Last question. Syracuse, Syracuse, sneaky good. They are. Sneaky good program. They really are. Brandon Albert, last question, guys. If you could be a one championship party in the history of sports, which oh, team would it be? This is easy. Okay. 86 Mets. Easy. So I saw this question, I think, when I was maybe even in the hospital still. And I said the Red Sox, like when they broke the curse, that yeah. team that they had were just a bunch of fucking guys I like to party with. Yeah. And then Sunday happened. The only correct answer is this Women's World Cup team. So that's what I was going to say, too. If you have not seen their Instagram stuff, you have to go look at it. I don't even remember which players were putting it out there. I know Alex Morgan was. I was going to say, you mean I could go get drunk with Alex Morgan? They were having a riot of a time in that locker room. And it was my kind of party. Loud music. They were drinking Bud Heavies. They were dancing. like. And, oh, by the way, they're kind of attractive, too. I wouldn't mind that aspect of it. So that's the only correct answer. Uh, We can discuss. I'm going to go Wednesday. (laughs) Got to go. You're going to go? It's right in New York. Oh, yeah. Got to do it. God. Got to do it. None of my teams win championships. (laughs) So if there's a parade in New York for a championship that I can claim... I didn't I'm, realize it I was in New go. York. I didn't either. Yeah, when, Wednesday morning. It's in New York City. That's awesome. Propose to all yeah. of them for me and just let me know. <sighs> if you get any yeses for me, just bring one no, back. Kristen, only Kristen Press. She's the one for me. So I'm a loyal guy. Yeah, <laughs> I can't I, ask all of them to marry me. Appreciate that about you. There, Julie Ertz was another one. <laughs> Julie Ertz. Is she married? Uh, yeah, I, think our, <laughs> I think our husband's decent at something. I don't know. He does. That kid is going to... Oh my god! I mean, yeah, the kids. Yeah. It'll be like, like they might have like the best future U.S. Yeah. soccer, like Christian McCaffrey. That's what I say. It'll be a McCaffrey. Yeah, or it'll be a McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, McCaffrey, like a more athletic Rapino. I don't yeah. even know what to expect. 
It's going to be yeah. good for them. Good genes there. Yeah, really is. They The kids win in the DNA lottery. All right, that's our show. We'll be back Wednesday morning previewing the AFC North. It's going to be a lot of fun. Send us any questions you have. Hashtag them draft on draft. Send them to at stick football on Twitter or Instagram. We'll be sure to see them. For Connor and Mello, we'll talk to you guys real soon. We'll be right back.